helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Hello there, everyday Americans. Welcome to the Constitution Study. This is going to be the last episode in 2022. Boy, has it been an eventful year. Now, unlike many of you, I do not make New Year's resolutions. My figure, my thought is, if there's something I got to do, I just do it. I don't wait to the beginning of the year to make such grand moves. But like many others, I do take time this time of year, well, to look at the past year and, and kind of consider the year to come. There's an ancient Chinese saying that seems to apply to America in 2022. May you live in interesting times. This certainly has been an interesting year. So I decided to review some of the episodes from this past year and then see what we might expect for 2023. Finally, I'm going to take some time and we'll talk about some of the plans I'm making for the Constitution study, things I'm considering, and maybe ways you can join in. Now, if you are one of the millions of Americans that makes New Year's resolutions, well, I hope you'll consider making this resolution, that you'll read and study the Constitution do so diligently this year. And hopefully, you'll make Constitution study a part of that process. So let's get started. Now, I spent a lot of time in a lot of different episodes well, talking about the threats to our rights, to, to liberty, to the rule of law in America. And I do mean I covered a lot of episodes about this. And there are many times it was considered, it wasn't the whole episode, but I would talk about that. Because to me, I think that's a lot, it's a very important thing we should be considering. You look at the world around us, and let's take a look. There are many, many threats to our liberty. And it's funny, uh, I know a lot of people will point to, oh, Democrats, progressives, whatever you want to call them, and point to them as threats to our liberty. But I find out that, uh, no, it's not just the progressives that are the threats to liberty. For example, I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day, and they were talking about plan. what, what, what sort of plans, what should the, the Republicans do as they take control of the Congress, or the House, I should say, in 2023? And the funny thing is, was, while the details were different, the general idea wasn't that different from what the Democrats did. The, these people claim, claim to know this is what is important. This is what we should focus on. This is We know better than everybody else. We must find ways to enforce our will on others. And this included everything from um, how to deal with the border crisis to the bu- and budget to um, dealing with Ukraine, even how to deal with TikTok. And I sat back and I thought for a minute and, said, and realized that really is how eroded this idea of liberty has become in America. Now, I'm not a fool, right? There, there's never been a time when America was totally about liberty. But it seems to me that there was a time in my lifetime when we may disagree, we may offer solutions, but the idea of forcing people to comply with our will was generally distasteful. Doesn't seem to be the place anymore. Doesn't seem to be the status anymore. It seems more and more 
that the solution to one overreach of power is another overreach in power. I've been getting a lot of, uh, of comments about uh, the program I did about uh, the, the court case, was it Brunson versus Adams? The idea that Mr. Brunson believes that uh, Congress had a duty to investigate claims of malfeasance in the different state elections, that by not doing so, uh, members of Congress have committed treason, and that the Supreme Court can simply remove them from office. Now, what's interesting is I see a lot of people that think, this is, a, this is right, you can go ahead and do this. Bad stuff has happened. We must find a way to solve this problem. What these people, the people who comment this way seem to ignore is the fact that the Constitution doesn't say they can do it. The Constitution doesn't authorize them to do such things. It seems to be less and less important. We've got to do something. I mean, with all this malfeasance, if Congress can't investigate, what do we do? Well, how about you look at the, the Constitution, the Supreme, rule, the, the Supreme Law of the Land. Realize that the courts cannot remove an, a person from federal office. They can't. They can offer an opinion. They have no legal authority to remove a, a congressman, to remove the president or vice president. But what I find interesting is I now see on both sides, both sides of the political spectrum and both sides of the ideological spectrum, a desire to continue a spiral down into the status of a banana republic where we're going to set aside the rule of law because, well, this is important. We must do something. And there, those are words that I find more and more dangerous. We must do something. You know, was it Reagan had the nine most uh, terrifying words in the English language? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, if you want to see the, the, the entrance of a, of a tyrant, often starts with, we must do something. But it seems we spend very little time questioning, is it legal? How about we, we must do something legal? Or we must do something constitutional. Or we must evaluate to see if what we're doing is the right thing to do. Less and less, that becomes part of the discussion. It was funny. I even had one person try to take an article, have an article canceled. Uh, I, I syndicate many of my articles to multiple outlets. And they wrote the outlet. And they copied me. And it's interesting because the whole basis of his argument was the definition of the word enemy. He took his definition from, in this case, the, the Brunson case. I took mine from a dictionary. And I made a point. I said, listen, you want to ask for my content to be pulled down, you have every right to do that. But I find it interesting that rather than arguing what I said and pointing out the factual errors in what I said, you just don't want people to hear what I say. Nice censorship. And that's from someone who considered themselves, I'm sure would consider themselves a conservative or even a constitutionalist. But again, more and more, we're losing, we, we, we've come unmoored from the Constitution. We've come unmoored from the Supreme Law of the Land. We've come unmoored from the precepts of the, of the, the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution. The idea that we have certain unalienable rights that things like freedom, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, well, they get in the way. And if something bad happens, we must do something. And if it fringes on people's rights, well, 
Too bad. One of the other topics I went to over and over and over again was the difference between a democracy and a republic. And I'm surprised sometimes at how many people will come back to try to use that word democracy. It's almost like we've been brainwashed to believe that democracy is a good thing. Not according to many of our founding fathers who saw that saw them as, as dangerous and damaging. Uh, I think it was James Madison was in Federalist 10, I think, who said, Hence it is that such democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. And I've seen so many times in this country where people are trying to turn America into a democracy. It seems they never consider whether that's a... They just assume that democracy is good, so they like to throw the word out democracy. Whether they're talking about an actual democracy, many people claim that a republic is simply a, a representative democracy, which is well, just a, a misdefinition of the word. No, I spend a lot of time talking... I did spend a lot of time talking about democracies and and uh, versus republics and about the fact that I believe we're witnessing America's communist revolution. Now, I wasn't around for the, the Russian revolution. It wasn't not that old. I was a very small child during the, the communist revolution in China. But if you look at the history... We're going through many of the same steps that those two countries did. Denying our history, silencing dissent, uh, indoctrinating our children to bully and, and intimidate not just other children, but adults. I see a lot of examples of, of again, what I see is, is our communist revolution happening right here, right now. And I don't see people doing much about it. And one of the other big issues in, in 2022, 20, uh, obviously, was COVID-19, specifically the vaccines and whether or not you could be mandated to get a vaccine. So we had uh, two examples. We had, uh, uh, we had the president try to force federal employees to get a vaccine as a condition of work that was extended into federal contractors. And then, of course, we had OSHA, uh, trying to mandate that uh, private companies with 100 or more employees require mandates. Again, this is a this is my example of an example of our our communist revolution, as we watch the government tell everybody how to live their lives. And sadly, we had well, let's say split court opinions. On the one hand, yes, uh, federal employees could be forced to could be required to get a a vaccine, a quote-unquote vaccine that's not legally a vaccine as a condition of employment, but uh, OSHA was not allowed to force that on private companies. And what was interesting is a lot of these arguments, well, they deal with what I like to refer to as pseudoscience. See, it sounds scientific and uses a lot of scientific terms, but when you look at the details, it's just not there. I mean, we have evidence that uh, masks do nothing for any respiratory viruses, yet we still have cities and now states considering reinstating mask mandates. We have evidence 
from Pfizer executives that their product was never even tested for efficacy. And we have evidence that it doesn't work as a, as a means of stopping transition transmission, but we're still told we need to get the vaccine to stop the spread, to protect ourselves and others, even though it doesn't do, it does no such thing. The American people were experimented on and the hoax just keeps going and going and going. And what I find the most interesting is the people who stand up and provide data are the ones that are often not just poo-pooed, but silenced. So you came up with these, these new terms. They existed in the lexicon, but they weren't used that often. Misinformation and disinformation. And ultimately, they've come down to information we don't like. I mean, that's how they're used nowadays. And that disinformation label has been weaponized. If someone comes up with a contrary opinion, that's labeled as disinformation. They provide evidence. Well, it's poo-pooed because we can't trust it because that's disinformation. We've come to the conclusion without even looking at the evidence. And so much of that has dominated not just the COVID uh, discussion in, in this country, but the discussion of, of many things. I've talked about how America is looking more and more like uh, a cross between um, was it Orwell's 1984 and Huxley's uh, Animal Farm, or Brave New World. We're seeing more and more the, the dystopian future that we were warned about coming true. And more and more we're seeing people that are asking for more of it. I also spent uh, some time talking about how more and more our life sounds like satire. Uh, you read something from like the Bab a headline from the Babylon Bee, and it sounds true. Then you look at the headline, oh, it's from the Babylon Bee, but gee, maybe, maybe satire is becoming real life nowadays. And of course, you can't have a discussion about the, the disinformation and misinformation without figuring out how do you deal with it? So I spent a lot of time talking about not shutting down people we disagree with, but learning to gather information from a lot of different sources and then, well, sort out for yourself to see which sources provide the best evidence. N not simply a question of, I agree with this one, I disagree with that one. Or this one makes a passionate argument that more, more in passion than that one. But which one can provide the best evidence? I think that's how we should uh, go about determining, well, what do we do? You, don't, you know, the proper way to deal with, with uh, disinformation and misinformation is not to shut them down, but to prove them wrong to provide more information. And of course, you cannot talk about misinformation and disinformation without the, the attempt to create a federal bureau of misinformation. Uh, uh, I forget the, what they actually called it, but it was you know, the idea that the federal government would determine what is and isn't disinformation. And that to me is dangerous. I don't want government determining what facts I'm allowed to know and what facts I'm not allowed to know. Of course, a lot of it goes back to the, uh, the, uh, the Department of Miseducation, another department, an agency that doesn't legally exist because education is not a power delegated to the United States. But again, back in the 1970s, they created this Department of Education. The American people did nothing. So now our children are being indoctrinated by, among other things, federal government agents, and we seem to do very little, if anything, about it.
And, and before I hit the break, I got one more thing is that is to mention the climate science. The more and more we're seeing just how bad the climate science. I don't mean that the the outcome is bad. I'm saying what they call science is, is so has been so corrupted as to be untrustworthy. And that's just some of the stuff we talked about and, and discussed this year. I've got a lot more, but I got to take a break. And as I do, I want to thank Healthy Cell for being a sponsor of this program. They help bring the Constitution study to you. Um, they've been doing so all year. So please head over to HealthyCell.com. You can try lots of their products. One of my favorites is the Immune Super Boost. It combines over a dozen immune supplements in a simple-to-use travel-ready gel pack. Now, you can find out more by going to HealthyCell.com. And because you're an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order by using the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please do so. Go to HealthyCell.com. Thank them for sponsoring the Constitution Study. Put your cart together. Use that code out loud at checkout. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud, and you get 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com
Welcome back, Everyday Americans. Thank you for joining me as we look back at 2022, and we're going to take some time to look forward to 2023. And I do want to thank Healthy Self for sponsoring the Constitution Study this year. The Constitution Study may not have been on the air if it wasn't for them. So thankful. I thank them, and I hope you'll go over and check them out. Now, again, another major issue in 2022 was another election. Not just the issues that we had in the 2022 election, but even issues going back to the 2020 election. And we still see that that the ballot box, and in fact the, the balloting process, well, it's still a battlefield for control of our republic. We, we see some states have learned from uh, their past experiences and improved their voting process, their election processes, while others seem to... Uh, be continuing to make them worse. In fact, at one point, I even asked myself, are we truly heading to another Battle of Athens? For those of you don't remember, in 1944 in Athens, Tennessee, there was actually a gunfight, a, a battle, an armed battle to um, regain control of elections. Elections are being stolen by county government officials and uh, veterans back from the war in Europe. Well, they had to fight to keep their right to vote. And I wonder, are we heading the same direction? And you know, again, based on 2022, I think we're a little better, but I still think we have lots and lots of problems. But of course, we're still arguing about the after facts of the 2020 election, the, um, the January 6th uh, demonstration, which turned into uh, a, a, a small riot in certain places, which has turned into the ultimate political football even to the point of Congress creating an illegal committee to politically grandstand with the uh, hope of, of gaining support for what they would eventually do, and that is refer charges to the Department of Justice, all in an apparent attempt to disqualify Donald Trump from running again for president. And all this political theater revolved around a term, insurrection. Insurrection is important because under the 14th Amendment, if you took an oath to support the Constitution and then were part of an insurrection against the United States, well, then you are no longer qualified to hold office. But we had to ask this question, what is insurrection? Is pointing out the constitutional problems in an election insurrection or is it simply challenging certain political parties? Because we didn't see insurrection claims when people challenged the validity of Donald Trump's win in 2016, but challenging Joe Biden, suddenly you became an insurrectionist. You got labeled an insurrectionist. That was a large part of what we saw in, in uh, 2022. And while, yes, I, I did say there's several states seems to seem to get their act together. Um, Florida had a pretty good uh, election process and, and, and others. I'm not simply pointing them out. But uh, Georgia and Arizona, not so much. And I'm not talking about the, the, the runoff between Warnock and, and Walker. I'm talking the, the process of, oh, we're finding USB keys with votes on it that didn't get counted. There's still a lot of problems. And here's the biggest issue. People's trustworthiness, trusting in the elections. See, a lot of people seem to be afraid that people are losing trust in their elections, but they don't seem to be worried about why people are losing trust in the elections. So I believe elections should be free and fair and open. I, I believe the best election is, the, is when the loser realizes they lost and is willing to admit it. 
I don't mean making some some official concession. I mean, actually believes, you know what? I lost. Better luck next time. I think we've lost a lot of that. And I think a lot of what we've done has made it worse. But uh, we have to decide what's more important. Having a free and fair election, accurately counting the legal votes, or our side winning? Because this win-at-all-cost mentality is leading to the destruction of the republic. See, if, if I can't trust that my vote is being accurately counted, if I can't trust that my vote isn't being offset, being stolen by an illegal vote, well, then I've lost trust in the process, and I've lost trust in the idea that we are a republic. See, a republic means we hire people to represent us. But if the people that represent us are not the ones the American people hired, we lose trust in the basic foundation of the republic. And once that is lost, we will never have what people will say is a is a free election again. Because nobody, there'll never be a situation where the loser recognizes that they lost, believes that they lost. They're simply going to believe that there's malfeasance. Now, there's been a lot of manipulation of the process. And this, again, is nothing new. But when a poll came out saying that 83% of people polled believe that corporate media is a threat to our republic, well, that should get your attention. Because I bet most of you are getting your information in one form or another from some corporate media. Maybe it's a newspaper or a news program or some large social media company. But if people are, don't believe they are a threat to our republic, how are we trusting the information we're getting from them? Now, I keep saying this is nothing new. We look back and see that um, you know, even you know Dan Rather and Walter Cronkite would manipulate what, what news was provided and in what context to fit their agenda. Uh, was Walter Durante that, that failed to report about famines, about the, the man-made famines in the, in the Soviet Union because he thought that was the best way to go, because he thought, you know, communism was the way of the future. All the way back to the beginning of the, the, the 18th century and yellow, the term yellow journalism coming back. He didn't go all the way back to the beginning of the 18th, to the 17th, I'm sorry, the 19th century, the 1800s, where uh, newspapers were attempting to influence elections. So this is nothing new. But we have a great time here because we have access to more information. Again, when I was growing up, you had three channels. And those three channels basically gave you the same news output. They're just whether you like, you know, whose face you like to, to listen to. Now you can get information from around the world, from all sorts of different sources. And as I keep saying, don't judge a news source based on the, the quality of the reporter, but on the evidence they bring to support their what they're reporting. And I keep bringing it back to this idea of trust. Our money says, in God we trust, but if I can't trust in, my, in the elections, if I can't trust in the, the institutions that make the rules and the laws, if we cannot trust even in our neighbors, then the republic is lost. It's just a question of who is going to be the loudest, the strongest, and the most able to take over as the cookie crumbles. Speaking of trusting institutions, we had a nomination for a Supreme Court justice. And, uh, well, as usual, that was a, a, a political show. Biden already promised, but even before the, the slot was empty, 
the slot was open, was that he would pick a a, a black woman to uh, fill the spot. Not the best person. It had to be a black woman. A black woman, when asked during her confirmation hearing, um, to define a woman was unable to. Now, I haven't. We haven't heard yet from uh, Ms. Kareen Jean Pierre. Uh, you know, she's she's just sitting in on cases, and we're hearing a little bit of our arguments. And well, so far it's kind of what I expected. If a woman who got a job because she's a woman can't define a woman, I'm not expecting great legal thinking out of this person. But who knows? I may be wrong. I got to give her the chance. And of course, it was another year, so there was another. Um, highly marketed mass shooting, this time in Uvalde, Texas. Now listen, mass shootings, any shooting, it's a terrible thing. But what I've what I keep getting frustrated with is how these events become marketed to promote a disarming of the American people. It glossed over is the fact that the police not only refused to enter the school building to apprehend the shooter, but prevented parents from going and rescuing their children. They did so for the better part of an hour while children were dying. So you put your your trust, your security in the hands of government, they're going to fail you. Government isn't magical. You know, just getting a badge or a government paycheck does not uh, um, does not suddenly turn you into a, a perfect person or someone that won't make mistakes. We're going to deal with the same mistakes. Which is why it was interesting that uh, not that long after, you had the Supreme Court issue their opinion in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin that said the state of New York was wrong to have a what they called a good cause clause in issuing a license. If you met all the legal requirements... But the person didn't, you know, didn't want you. The, the person issuing the permit, the, the carry license, didn't didn't want you to, or didn't think you should. You didn't get your license. It wasn't a question of law. It was a question of intent. And again, the good cause. Well, we got you've got to have good cause. Really, I have to have good cause to exercise a right protected by the Constitution of the United States to both keep and bear arms. But that brought up a lot of discussions about. Firearms, And even today, even uh, as we come to an end of 2022, we see government trying to restrict your access to tools to defend yourself. Not because they've been proven to not work, but because I believe they've been proven to work too well. And the last thing a bully government wants is an armed populace that can say no. And while we're talking about Supreme Court decisions, you can't skip Dobbs. Uh, and the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, Dobbs made my list for a couple of reasons. One, it was the leak, which is not completely unprecedented, but it's pretty rare to have an opinion leak, especially I don't think it's ever leaked so far ahead of its actual release. I think there have been instances in the past where um, the, the, the decision was leaked a week or maybe two before it was actually released, but this was months and it actually caused two instances of, uh, well, we'll just call it retaliation. There was plenty of, of attacks on pro-life centers and churches, people putting up signs saying and spray painting that uh, if abortion isn't safe, neither are you. And then, of course, when it was actually released, we had the same thing over and over again. 
But the thing that, that I most remember from Dobbs was in the opinion saying, listen, the Roe court in 73 was wrong. They made a mistake. They read something into the Constitution that wasn't there. And now it's time to fix it. Granted, it took almost 50 years, but okay, they did. And in, in, well, in many ways, it did cause a lot of, of emotional upheaval. It gives me hope. A hope that maybe we have a court, that, a court that's returning to this idea of the Constitution means what it actually says. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing to deal. Those who cause havoc and, and mayhem because they don't get what they want, those who are throwing the, the childish temper tantrums, which seem to be so common nowadays, yeah, they're children and they're acting like it. And I think they should be treated accordingly. But the idea that the court didn't keep roll around because, well, we had said so before, that the court could admit that it was wrong and that it was time to fix things. And again, it, we had Roe, you had Lemon, you had several uh, uh, previous quote-unquote precedents that the court said, no, nah, we got it wrong on that, we have to change. Now, of course, one of the reasons why Roe seemed to hang around so far, so long, in my opinion, was the fact that it dealt with sex. Granted, the consequence of sex is a potential for child for for you know childbearing, and that seems to generate a lot of uh, a lot of emotion. And while we're talking about that, we need to talk about well the trans mafia, those who use their uh, we'll call it unique belief about sex and and gender and biology as a bludgeon to get other people to agree with. What is is scientific uh, misinformation, scientific hokum. And again, it's not just the transsexuals. It's not just the drag queen story hours and, and the people who uh, uh, complain when parents don't want their children indoctrinated with this stuff, when they don't want them groomed to become trans activists, when, when they don't want their daughters sharing a locker room with a man simply because he says he's a woman today, when women who have spent years of their lives training to be a, an athlete lose out on every chance for championships and scholarships because some dude comes in and says, I feel like a girl today. I want to compete against the girls. And of course, we've got all the, the coercive laws around sexuality that are used to bludgeon people into compliance. Whether it's a Jack Phillips at Mashpee's Cake Shop or um, the, I can't remember her name now, at 303 Creative, that it has a case currently before the Supreme Court. This idea of you must be compelled to participate, to acknowledge, to speak a message that you disagree with. These all three, the, the abortion, transgender, homosexual, the, 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 the LGBTQ movement, and the, and the, the SOGI laws all revolve around this idea that sex and what I want to do with sex overrides everything else. Even to the point of we're going to override, we're going to substitute, we, you know, we're going to reject reality and substitute our preferences. And that I don't think bodes well for American society. Not the body politic, not, not partisan issues, but society as a whole. You see, it's one thing to uh, say, listen, you want to be different, be different. 
It's quite a different one that is not only imposed on the next generation, but imposed on everyone. That not only must you allow this, you must endorse it. It's corrosive not just to rights, but to the culture itself. Because a culture that does not allow disagreement is a culture that literally destroys people's souls. Now, I have a few more things I want to talk about, including looking at 2023, but I want to take one more break before I get into that. Before I do, though, I want to let you know, again, I'm one of many voices on America Out Loud. So it's a great place to go to get news and information from lots of different points of view. But I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. In fact, I'm going to ask you, if you're one of those people that makes resolutions, make a resolution that in 2023, you're going to take those those articles and the videos, the, the stories and podcasts, and you're going to share them. You're going to share them with friends. You're going to share them with family. You're going to share them winsomely, but forcefully, but actively. Because by sharing this information, by, by showing people there is another point of view, preferably one with evidence. Well, that's how we work together to help secure the blessings of liberty, not just for ourselves and not just for our posterity, but for all of the American people. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. I'm glad you could join me as we take this quick look back at 2022 and I'll start looking forward to 2023. Now, probably one of the biggest stories, one of the biggest ongoing stories of 2022 is the, is the cancel culture. And by that, I don't mean the the censorship, I don't mean the, the boycotts, the doxing, the shaming of people we disagree with. I mean this agenda, this, this culture we have that says, I get to shut you down because I disagree with you. All I have to do is think you're evil and I have the right to remove you from society or at least remove what you say. 
And this is a problem because it is so toxic to the general idea of liberty. It's antithetical to the concept of, I may vehemently disagree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Which is why I think it is so dangerous and why the impact has been so broad and seen in many of the um, uh, stories I've already talked about. You think about uh, uh, the abortion agenda, the, the LGBTQ agenda, the, the COVID agenda, the, the election agenda. So often we feel the ability, the right to tell someone else to shut up. You're not allowed to be heard. You're not allowed to express a contradictory point of view. But what's interesting is how often this turns into, well, little more than temper tantrums. I mean, think about it. How often have we seen people, when they don't get their way, when they, they are forced to be exposed to things they disagree with, do little more than throw themselves down on the floor and stomp and cry until they get their way? Like any spoiled child, you give them their way, they know they can do it again and again and again. See, the cancel culture and these, these temper tantrums these childish, these infantile temper tantrums are linked. Because when you don't get your way and you believe that you, that you have to be right and, and you're, you, you're, you shouldn't be exposed to things that you disagree with and you have the right to, to, to silence and, and shudder other people and you don't get their way, the reaction is explosive. And too often we... We let them get their way. We prefer silence to truth. And that only strengthens the cancel culture, furthers the temper tantrum, and sends us farther and farther down the road from liberty to subjugation. To the idea that other people get to tell you what you can and cannot say. To the idea of self-censorship. And pretty soon, it won't just be what you say, be what you think. And it'll be what you can do. One of the things that uh, America has become really, really good at is spending other people's money without any care. Whether you're looking at the, the $31 plus trillion dollar budget or the, the recently passed um, uh, omnibus bill, what you see are the American people willing to spend other people's money because there's no consequence. And we certainly, as much as we may complain about the spending from these, uh, from, from Congress, you know, after this election, we didn't punish one congressman that I'm aware of for their outrageous spending. Oh, sure, Liz Cheney lost her job, but I don't think that was because of her outrageous spending, but because of her challenge to the Republican orthodoxy. And of course, if you're talking money, well, we talked at the end of the, of the uh, season, at the end of the year, we were talking more about these central bank digital currencies, the attempt by governments around the world to not only know everything you spend, but ultimately be the authorizing authority. So that when you, you go to the, the gas station or the grocery store, or even the bank, or you know, any place you go, and you put that card in, and you're, you see that authorizing sign that pops up. And today, 
That's your bank authorizing the transaction. It's your credit card company authorizing the transaction. CBDCs are an attempt to con us into letting the federal government authorize that transaction. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is extremely dangerous. I mean, look at the evidence we already have of the FBI spying and, and using its power to intimidate people, everyone from parents who don't agree with the, the agenda of their school to uh, those who demonstrated on January 6th to, well, uh, those who wanted to get accurate information out about the Hunter Biden laptop, the election, COVID. What happens when it's not simply the FBI spying on you, but when they can not only spy, but they can turn off your, your, your bank account, not just your credit cards, cash, prevent you from actually spending money. For those more biblically minded, that is a very revelationary way of thinking that now your ability to buy and sell would be controlled by government. So what can we expect in 2023? Well, if you've listened to the Constitution study for a while, you know, I don't make prognostications. I, I try not to assume what other people are going to do. Therefore, I try not to, to assume um, what uh, will happen next. But I do believe in preparation. So what are the things that I think we should be preparing for? Well, let's prepare for more cancel culture. We've taught two generations that everybody wins and you get your way by throwing a temper tantrum. So it's going to take a while for us to grow out of this if we ever do. I believe it means we need to, well, I want to say stand our ground, but we need to be firm. The way you deal with a temper tantrum in a child is you don't let them get away with it. If they refuse to get up and follow you, depending on where you are, you either walk away and leave them or you pick them up and take them. I know it doesn't look nice, but that's the message of dealing with human beings. When it comes to things like, uh, you know, controlling your access to, to rights, your freedom of speech, your freedom of the press, your right to keep and bear arms, even your right to be secure from unreasonable searches and seizures. We need to fight for them. I don't necessarily mean with violence. You need to stand up and, and be willing to fight for your rights. For, ignore this nonsense. Well, if you have nothing to hide, you may not have anything to hide, but you've got everything to protect. We need to value our rights and be willing to do the uncomfortable thing, the hard thing, the painful thing in order to protect them. If it means giving up your favorite coffee shop or, or, or store to do business with one that protects your rights, is it worth it? If it means uh, uh, avoiding your favorite social media site or having that difficult discussion with your, your crazy uncle, maybe it means that. If it means... Uh, you know, storing up gold and silver because you're afraid of CDC, DCs, or simply stocking up on food and other necessities because you're afraid of what might happen. We need to be, decide if we're prepared for that. In in, in many much of my my training, um, self defense training, handgun training, there's a saying that I think will be very important here. It says the body will not go 
where the mind has not already been. The idea is you think of the different possibilities. You think of the different permutations. You decide, how would you deal with those? Some people think that's morbid. I think it's proper preparation. I don't want someone to break into my house, but trust me, I've thought about what I would do in different situations if someone were to break into my house. If the F- if I were to find the FBI were, were spying on me, or if the federal government comes and, and gives me a, a punishment audit, I've thought about that. And I think we need to all think about that. I think we need to decide what is our freedom worth? What is our liberty worth? What are our children's rights worth? And recognize, just because someone attaches the word rights to something doesn't mean it's a legitimate right. You don't have the right to shut someone else up. You don't have a right to deny them uh, the ability to exercise their own rights. Too often that's how we seem to go about things. Now, as always, I'm going to encourage people to read and study the Constitution the way John Jay tells us to, to do so diligently. Because by, I know by knowing my rights, by learning about my rights, I'm prepared to defend them. I'm prepared to assert them. Frankly, in many situations, I'm the only person there prepared to defend and assert not only my rights, but the rights of others. So I'm looking for people that want to join me in this movement. The Constitution study, I don't think, should simply be me providing information. I think it should be a place where people who are interested in freedom and liberty and rights can come to prepare for whatever they need to prepare for. I think it's a place where people who value rights and liberty should be able to get together and Again, learn more, study more, discuss more, debate more. Take our minds to the places we don't want to go so that if that happens, our bodies will be ready to react. To expose ourselves to ideas we disagree with, we dislike, and maybe even violently distaste. But we do so both to make sure that our position is supportable in those situations. And, and in those situations, also to improve our argument. I can't tell you how many times debating with somebody a position has not only challenged my preconceived notions and forced me to look at, at my assumptions, but also helped me build a better argument when I find that my assumptions seem to be the right ones. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, one way here is... The Constitution Study Radio Program, right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'd like this to be more interactive. I would love people to ask me questions and tell me, yes, it's okay to put them on the radio. Because I, I bet that for everyone that asks the questions, there's probably a thousand people out there that have that same question, but were unwilling to ask. So I'm going to ask for more questions. And of course, I still have the website where I'm doing my articles and my videos, and I hope people will engage there. I'm thinking about some changes for 2023. I did a Constitution study online last year. I'm thinking about doing one this year 
Go to constitutionstudy.com study, find out more about it, and I'm looking to figure out when I'm going to hold it. The last one I did every other Monday evening, uh, but not everybody could make it. So I'd like to find a time when other people would be able to make the, the, uh, the study. I have ideas for books I'd like to get to. I have lots of projects. I want to do a book on the Federalist Papers. I want to do a book maybe on the state ratification debates. Um, There's so much more, but I don't have the time. Now, I'm making some changes that are going to free up some time, but what I am looking for is some assistance. If I don't make money at this, so if someone is willing to volunteer some time, maybe help me with my, my social media presence, maybe up, you know, dealing with, with uploads and, and, and social media posts and stuff like that. Um, and then we'll see where things go. I'd be willing to talk to you. Just contact me through the website and see if there's a way we can help. Again, I want this to be more of a team event, not simply a solo event. And yes, I'm also looking for sponsors and advertisers, affiliates, People that will come alongside and help defer the cost of the radio program. Hey, Healthy Cell has done a wonderful thing helping with this radio program, and I do appreciate that uh, that they're there. It's why every episode I bring them up. It's not simply the advertising. It's, it's their financial help keeps this radio program going. But I've also got other things I'd like to do. I'd like to make updates to the website. I'd like to put on some sort of event to bring constitutional-minded people together, maybe virtually, maybe physically. It would be nice to have some constitutional conference. I know there are lots of little conferences. The sad part is I frequently don't hear about them. It's too late, but I'd like to go to those as well to help get the word out that uh, there are places to read and study. I'd like to be, have some some numbers to say, here is the proof. Here are the people that want to that want to learn, that want to to do more. But I can't do that without some financial assistance to pay for all the software and and, and the travel and everything else. Now, if you'd like me to come speak at one of your events, if you'd like me to come attend one of your events, please contact me through the website. Let me know. If you hear about an event that you think would be a perfect fit for the Constitution study, again, let me know. I'll do everything I can. And if you're willing to donate to the Constitution study, or if you're willing to come alongside and sponsor some of the things that we're doing, please let me know. I'd love to use this radio program and the website and my and any events I attend to help promote others that are seeking freedom and liberty. I'm not simply looking for a paycheck. I'm looking for a way that we can work together to help spread the good news about freedom and liberty in America. And I'm sure there are ideas that I have not even come up with. If you have an idea, if you have something that you think would be good, please, again, contact me through the website, constitutionstudy.com. That's where everything comes from. Now, for those of you who are interested, I have a couple mailing lists up there. I do a monthly newsletter. I have a weekly insider email I send out. And then I have another list for all the posts and all the articles and videos that uh, you can sign up for to have them emailed to you. That's how you can get more information for what's going on here. But as I look into 2023, and what am I preparing for? I'm preparing for more abuses on our rights. I'm preparing for the possibility that maybe the Supreme Court will start protecting our rights more. I'm expecting more dictatorial uh, uh, executive orders and mandates coming out of Washington. 
And I'm hopeful that maybe some of the people in the states will start waking up to realize they're not vassals of Washington, D.C. I hope that the Constitution study will continue to grow and expand and touch more and more people's lives. Help more and more people prepare to defend and assert their rights. And I'm hoping you'll join me in spreading the word that there is another point of view. There are others that are looking to defend and assert their rights. There are others that are seeking to enjoy the blessings of liberty. I hope you'll tell them they can listen to the Constitution study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network, that they can also listen to the podcast, usually a day or two after they're heard on the radio. They can find them on their favorite podcast apps. Maybe give me a subscription or, or a rating. Help other people know and learn about the Constitution study. You can find all the links to the homepage right there at AmericaOutloud.com. I hope to find you out there sharing the blessings of liberty with me from sea to shining sea. And I wish you all a very happy new year.